Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that we've been lucky enough to implement here for over two years now. The product in and of itself is exactly what you need it to be, guys, with options ranging from being a workout provider, as in sending the workout directly to the student-athlete's phones, to being a place where you can communicate with them and bring together multiple streams of data to be its own dashboard for you, your coaching staff, or the athletes. Or you can use what we've added to our, our menu of Coach Me Plus activities, and that's Hydration Station, where all of this information that is provided is based off of research from the Corey Stringer Institute, where we're looking at weighing in versus weighing out and then providing optimal hydration uh, strategies for the student-athletes by them selecting through the menu and tapping on what they'll take home with them and what they're consuming prior to the next practice um, when all the numbers at the top are lined up green. It's something we've had really good success with and the kids have really bought in on. Just another great example of the awesome product that you can find at coachmeplus.com. Guys, hop over to coachmeplus.com today and check it out. It's a product I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive members website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world, ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away. Tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down and talking with Tim DeFrancesco about everything training, his life in the NBA, and building a business. Guys, Tim is doing some awesome stuff up in Boston right now, building a killer facility, putting together a fantastic staff, and we start talking about his life in the NBA, lessons he learned there, and, and how that carries into the business world. Tim's going to touch on everything from training to relationships to leadership, and really how taking a step back and learning from the Hall of Famers that he had the absolute pleasure of working with out there in L.A., really impacted him professionally and personally. You know, and when you ever get, whenever you get the opportunity to work with someone who is one of the best ever at something, they're going to leave a big imprint on you. And of course, me being an absolute fanboy, I had to ask some Kobe Bryant stories, and he shares some absolutely fantastic stuff there. You know, and then we get into what his thoughts are on monitoring and assessment and how that works at TD Athletes Edge up in Boston. 
And then we finish off, you know, talking about the projects they're doing when it comes to education. And they're doing a ton up there, guys. I'm going to put all the links to everything Tim mentions in the, in the show notes. Make sure you check that out. Guys, if you do enjoy the talk, please send it to somebody because I, I think that Tim's an absolute gem of the profession. And I hope you guys enjoy this talk as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Tim, thank you so much for being with us today, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. Stoked for this, man. Like, you moved across country. You got a whole new thing going. Let's talk about what's going on with TD Athletes Edge. No, I appreciate it, Jay. Yeah, it's um, it, it's been a whirlwind of the uh, last six or eight months. I, I wrapped up the six seasons I, I had in, in uh, L.A. with the Lakers as the head strength coach there. And um, just one of those things where I had an amazing experience and opportunity there that I think when I took that position, it was my career Super Bowl at the time, and and uh, and then as I got towards the end of the six years, it was starting to itch and and uh, kind of burn in the back of my mind and heart and gut to say um, this this stuff that has always been my side gig with TD Athletes Edge and um, and that platform that's been sort of taking a few different versions over the years. I wanted to be able to do more with that, and, and I think it was. As great as it was with the Lakers, it was uh, it was also you know how it is. I mean, it's it's limiting when you're when you're in that kind of hamster wheel and you're 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 just keeping everything moving and you got 12, 15, maybe 20 guys depending on time of year and and that's that's your that's your job and and those are those guys are all you have time for and I was looking for a chance to get out to a broader audience and and just kind of make a bigger impact beyond. 15 uh, NBA players and and so um, very thankful for my time with the Lakers but it was a great opportunity for me to get back to where I'm from on the east coast here now and and my my family plays a big role with that too my my daughter Avery is almost 18 months old now and so getting her closer to to grandparents and and uncles and aunts and and the whole like was was a big factor there too so um, so that's kind of been the the what's happened in the last uh six eight months and and uh really excited about what we're doing with with td athletes edge and our our performance team growing slowly and and uh um really excited about it yeah man that's wild to go from from the east coast to the left coast and back yeah that amount of time i i can only imagine with the with the little one how that went as well right right yeah but when we're looking at the whole grand scheme of things, I mean, like, that's the Lakers. Yes. I mean, like, other than that other team that's kind of by where you are right now, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, like, that's the Lakers. Coming out of that, what are some things that you took away from work? I mean, and you got to work with arguably, I mean, well, not arguably, he's definitely, like, top ten of all time. Yeah. But, like, arguably top five, like starting five, all NBA. Right. Like what are some things that you took away from that that are now, when you come into this completely different atmosphere that you're building, your, you know, with your team, yeah. how do those things carry over? And where are some, some nuances and intricacies that, that come separately? I think, I think one of the big things is just being able to wear many hats and being able to um, – kind of be in that fast paced environment and, and figure out how to keep 
your your snorkel nearby and keep your your head above water and in, in that in that environment and um it, it that that parlays really nicely to the private sector of having to build your own brand build your own um audience and build your own uh business and i i think be having the ability to pivot and and be able to take a curveball when it comes and and not only that be be excited about a curveball when it comes is is something that you better be able to do if if you're going to go at at any college level strength and conditioning position or pro level strength and conditioning position because the curveballs come in hot and uh, they come in fast and furious and if that's a problem if that's going to get you rattled if that's going to be you know something that that you know with with really no routine or or structure to it all every day is different you know it's a fluid environment if you're going to think you can sit down and periodize out a, a, a you know, four month program, you, you can probably just forget it, you know? And, and so all that stuff has helped me a lot. And I also think being able to be around, like you said, the guys that, that I was around, I, I, I really am a fan of, and I, I try to be a student of craftsmen or people that are just damn good at what they do. And on top of that, I, I, I've always been a fan of, of people that I would sort of qualify as, as really good leaders. And, and so the Steve Nash's, the, um, you know, obviously the Kobe's and, and, and the uh, Meta World Peace and, and Pau Gasol's, like I had a chance to see those guys in action and, and um, be able to see even guys that you wouldn't think of. Ron, Ronnie Price is a guy that it wouldn't be on a lot of people's radar and, and but, but has, skill sets in either being a great teammate, being a great leader, uh, being great at what they do. And, and I had a chance to kind of take notes, right? you know, see what, what, what they did well, what made them great in those skill sets and what, you know, at the same time, any good leader will tell you, I have some big weaknesses as well. And so I was able to see what, um, guys didn't do well and, and why that didn't work as being a teammate or being, a uh, being in a leadership type position. So, that for me was really fun to be able to see that stuff and then be in this. This isn't TD Athletes Edge is not a one man band, and and um, that we are a performance team, and and that that's what I love about it. That's what I crave, and and that's what I am so proud of of what we're starting to build here, which is this team of people that can af- affect impact and and bring impact to a greater audience of people. Uh, the the end users in in a way that is um useful in a way that that helps them and and so being a part of the team and and me being in the locker rooms over the over those periods whether i was with the bakersfield jam or the la lakers that was so valuable for me because i i could see what worked and what didn't work and i i always say to people i i think it's equally as valuable to see bad scenarios bad environments things, systems that don't work as it is to be around some system that works perfectly and, and is smooth and, and is one of the best systems out there and whatever you're talking about, because for you to be able to see what didn't work and why, as you go in to try to be a part of your own system and, and a, a system that, that you're trying to be a part of is, is, uh, it, it was really important for me. Oh, no doubt. Especially too, because you could just get blinded by the fact that something works someplace and think that it's just going to plug and yes. play. Yes. That doesn't always happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, not so, just with no, places I, I either, but like year to year, 
team to team. No doubt. No doubt. And, and that chemistry piece was always fascinating to me where you had all of a sudden, you know, this group that really struggled. There's a couple of slight tweaks in the group. And, and then all of a sudden, basically the same group does, you know, drastically different, you know, I mean, in, in a given year. So, so, you know, I think uh, in a given two year period. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. And that makes it a lot of fun. It does. It does. So let's, let's now connect all that. Yeah. So we're moving forward. We're back in Massachusetts. Yep. What came with you from LA? Yeah. I, I think this idea that what I learned when I was at the NBA level was it wasn't about me taking freak athletes and making them freakier in the weight room. It was about me helping people that were really good at this skill set, damn good at this skill set, be protected and prepared to do that skill set. So for me, when we translate that lesson and that it's kind of what I saw in the curriculum that for me with we see where at TD Athletes Edge now we have a physical location outside of Boston, and we're 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 you know really excited about through just word of mouth the what what you know the numbers that we're getting in the door, and you know we're not servicing 15 NBA athletes in that audience necessarily, but you know we're we're the at the 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 thing that sort of is a common denominator is performance is whatever performance the performance definition for each person is it's it's very easy to get wrapped up you're in charge of the floor on the weight room you're in charge of writing a program you're in charge of a bunch of of an audience whether whether they are pro basketball players or whether they are pro business people that go kick ass at a at a desk job every day whichever one your job is to prepare them and protect them to do what their performance is and what they want to do. And I think it's easy to get caught up in this notion that, well, I'm going to take this person and I'm going to, in 30 days, I'm going to like, you know, make, make them have such drastic results. So for me to do that, I've got to re- write up this flashy, awesome program. And then all of a sudden day one, you realize like, I kind of, I, I got a bit off a little more than this person should be chewing right now. And, and so just staying rooted to the basics. And once I got through that at the NBA level and realized like it's okay to do that with NBA players, it became much more easy for me to frame that in, in, in any other audience as well. Um, we, we say all the time, every human's an athlete, but every person, every human has a different starting point. So, you know, understanding what their starting point is and understanding that being rooted in the fundamentals and the basics of, of strength and, and moving heavyweight responsibly is okay. We don't, every exercise we choose doesn't have to be some viral YouTube video. You know, so that, that's, I think what, what I learned and, and, uh, sometimes learn the hard way. And you, cause you do, you get, you get sort of intoxicated with the fact that, okay, I've got these NBA guys, I've got to impress them. I, they're freak shows. So I got to do some sort of a freak show workout, you know? And, and, uh, at the end of the day, a lot of those guys just need to, like hinge and squat and lunge and push and pull stuff and do it the right way. It's amazing how it always comes back to the basics. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when you look at these evaluations to figure out where these people are starting, yeah, how do you do that? So our assessment when you walk into our space at TD Athletes Edge is going to be a 60-minute, really fairly comprehensive assessment. At the same time, it doesn't – it's not – when I say comprehensive, it doesn't mean that it's complex necessarily. So in other words, it doesn't have to be complicated things that we're asking them to do, you know, super advanced things that we're asking them to do. But we just need to see how they move. We need to have them on the table, move them around, and then have them move themselves around, essentially. And I tend to speak fairly simply because that's how my mind works. But that's really what we're doing. But we're taking a comprehensive but simple look at how they move and how they move themselves. And that gives us the roadmap. I mean, we're not married to one assessment tool or another. We really you know, through that hour, we end up at the end of the hour long assessment, we're essentially taking them through a abbreviated, very, very um, entry level workout that are the basic movements in different upper and lower body actions. And we're just, we're assessing. And we also tell our clients all the time, your assessment does not stop at the end of this hour. Your assessment really is never going to stop with us. We're, we're assessing you as we see how you respond to the dosing and to the prescription of exercise that we give you. And we're not claiming to, on phase one or phase 21, know exactly how your body's going to respond. I mean, that's one of the things that I've been interested in kind of comparing and, and thinking about myself lately is that the, the comparison of medicine and the and, and sort of actual sort of MD based medicine and how that's evolved over the years to comparing that to how exercise prescription and, and fitness and training and strength and conditioning prescription has, has evolved. And I think it's a little dangerous if either of anybody in either of those spaces suggests that this isn't trial and error. I mean, it, we know some stuff and we also know some stuff's going to change like tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> based on it, based on evidence and research and all that stuff. So therefore it's, it's just, you, you've got to be okay with admitting and being comfortable with that. We're going to always do our best to make the best assessment and then make the best judgment on what we're going to prescribe based on that assessment that's in front of us. But at the same time, knowing that every, not every great exercise is great for every person. So there is going to be a bit of that. And, and, um, I think it's easier. It's easier for the client or the, or the athlete to hear that ahead, ahead of time versus them walking in and they see a white coat for a medical doctor, or they see a, you know, a, a personal trainer or strength coach, whatever it is, who's at the top of their game. They're, they're assuming like, okay, great. Whatever they give me is going to absolutely be the perfect thing. Maybe, maybe not, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're in this together. And, and, and that's, that's kind of our message at, at TD Athletes Edge is, we're, we're going to turn over every stone. We're going to look at the, the assessment part ongoing after that one hour assessment, but that that's really the initial, but it's always going to be an assessment. It's always going to be a sort of feedback, a, a monitoring system to allow us to see how you're, you're responding to the dosing that we're giving you, but also see how you respond to the dosing that you're putting on yourself when you leave the one hour session that you have with us, whether it's the one hour assessment or one hour workout, like you're probably sitting a bunch. You're probably doing some other activities like walking your dog or going for a jog or, 
you know, going to play basketball with your buddies or whatever it is. So we need to recognize that all those things go into the bucket and we want to see how you're responding to all of it. No, that's fantastic. And then you talk about how they respond and how they're responding. How much is this feedback based and how much of this is inquisitive analysis by you and your team? A lot of it is feedback based and, and, you know, um, our, our sort of core group that's in the trenches right now with myself and, and Matt Ibrahim, who's been on your show and, and, uh, Caitlin Weiss, who is really in charge of our sports science and research area of things. We're constantly doing anecdotal sort of monitoring where, Hey, how are you feeling? How, how did, how does, where do you feel that? Or how was yesterday's, what we did yesterday interpreted. Um, but also Caitlin helps us to kind of backload that with, and, and if you, if you're not familiar with Caitlin stuff, definitely check out Caitlin Weiss. Um, but, uh, and you know, she, she's, she's helping us to really get a subjective sort of monitoring, um, aspect to what we're doing with, with our clients so that we have, a freeway for them to send information to us other than, just, Hey, how are you? Because I think that's super valuable. And I don't, I, I think that, that can't be overlooked. Hey, how are you doing? How do you know, how, how are things? How's, how's the body feel? I think that's very valuable, but it's also very valuable to backload that with a more formal, um, you know, multiple sort of question kind of multiple choice based response and, and athlete monitoring tool. That's a subjective monitoring tool that gives us a little bit deeper information. Also gives us something we can quantify it gives us something we can track and say okay here's where things started to get a little bit rocky a little bit bumpy what was going on with those responses was there a trend was there something that we could have picked up ahead of time and then next time we start to see the wheels get a little bit bumpy on something then we you know or hopefully we can kind of see ahead before the, the things get a little bumpy no no doubt now with those how do you think because like What's crazy with all that stuff yeah. is determining the signal versus the noise when it comes yeah. to that. So how do you guys think moving forward that'll evolve? So I just I think that that whole piece of monitoring workload on a human being has to be rooted in the the subjective tried and true methods and there's a lot of noise and and kind of hectic things that are going on in wearable you know wearable technologies and and things like that that you know supposedly give you this information that a salesman tells you it does and then you bank on the fact that that's in fact what's happening and <clears throat> I'm not knocking any of the technologies I'm just saying that if you haven't rooted your athlete monitoring strategies in the subjective format of things and, and then start from there and then, and then really quickly evaluate the technology, the actual software, hardware technologies that you add into what you might apply to somebody's, you know, a GPS unit or whatever, then if you're just relying on there, there's no subjective aspect to what you're collecting, the data that you're collecting. And then I think you're missing a big part of it because I, I think it's just not, it just doesn't have a stable foundation that way because 
there is so much noise to what happens when you put a, a technology on a, a, a body and then have it move around is, is that in fact collecting what they say it is? Is it, is it collecting other things that are happening by accident? Is it, you know, whatever it is. And so I think that that's what we really look to. We're not as interested in, you know, we certainly will and, and have, you know, sort of a, a process of using some what people would call bells and whistles. But at the same time, that's not where we hang our hat either. We're using that in certain cases to support the subjective athlete monitoring strategies that are pretty basic, you know, wellness questionnaire type things. Um, it, so I love that. And, you know, because one thing that I can definitely attest to is when you're looking at different forms of readiness, you know, and I, I just talked with, you know, another guy about this just recently here in the last couple of days. It'll be a show that's going to be one or two before this. Yeah. But Mulatin was talking about all these monitoring things and, and what you need to be worried about is inception, right? Yeah. Like with the predictive stuff and all of that, where it's like, right. well, you did this or your HRV is that or, right. you're, or you're here. So now you have a 70% chance of being worse at something or getting hurt of something. Yeah. That's why like, when we did it, if the questionnaires were off, it started a conversation. Yeah. If any of the biological stuff was off, it started a, hey, man, let's feel this warm up out and then tell me how you're feeling. No doubt. You know, it's because it's like. I love that. Yeah. We had a kid jump a 45-5 six weeks after Liz Frank surgery. Wow. Yeah. It's all training. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Always is. Yeah. All training. Thanks, mom and dad. Uh, but uh, <laughs> But it's like. He was triple reds that day yeah. Yeah. on his readiness yeah. reading. And I'm like, yeah. bro, like, we're two weeks out. If you don't want to do this. Right. He, he just looked at me and goes, you know, because we set it like the combine, like yeah. NBA or the NFL combine. So it's 42 yeah. at the top. He's yeah. like, I bet you I can get that top one with my first jump. If I do that, I'll keep going. Right. And I just looked at him like, okay. And he went up and it was like, and I was like, no problem. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, let's go. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's gotta be that, that internal monitor is, you know, they know, they know best, you know? And, 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 and so, yeah, I love that. I just love that. And I think, I think that it just gets a little bit away from people at times where, um, sometimes it's because you're, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Sometimes it's because you, you want to, you know, uh, kind of make sure that the, that the, the athletes themselves are impressed by what you're doing. I mean, I've, I've, I've been guilty of all that. I mean, I, but what I've learned from that is if, if you just, if you just take a step back and stay rooted to the really, really like non sexy stuff, um, then you can build in some flashy stuff later, but like that, that, that tends to be, tends to be better. Yeah. Cause you can always, you know, you can always do more tomorrow, but you can't do less yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. You know? Yeah. So, so. listen, I would be remiss if we didn't do this. We got, we got about five more minutes. Yeah. 
we have we have an odd connection with with Mr. Eight and the Richmond Spiders. The second leading scorer of all time at Lower Marion High School was a player for us for four years. Now, a step below. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I need to hear what was your favorite moment dealing with Mr. Bryant. Right, right. Um, okay, this is a good one. So, well, one of the ones that I that I, I will always remember was uh, we got waxed one night in Memphis. Get on the plane. Hopefully, I think maybe we're in the air by midnight. Um, head to Chicago. By the time bags are delivered, lights are getting shut off. You're 3 a.m. In, uh, in Chicago, somewhere around four, 10 after four, I get a text from Kobe and he says, uh, what are you doing? Thinking to myself, uh, what the hell do you think I'm doing? <laughs> 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 I'm about to go into a coma here, but, um, I'm like, uh, about to sleep. And so he's like, all right, meet me in the, uh, weight room and, uh, I want to get a workout. So I go down to the lobby and I hear piano playing. Like I'm thinking there's no way somebody's they're paying somebody to sit here and play the piano right now in the lobby. So somebody, whoever's just playing this ridiculous rendition of some amazing tune here is pretty impressive. And, um, it's Kobe waiting for me playing the piano, amazing song and tune. And then, uh, he's ready for me to go. We're going to get a workout in. We, you know, hit a, hit a great weight room session, 4.30 to 5.30 a.m., and uh, he grabs breakfast, gets a little sleep, and, and we go play the Bulls the next day. So, you know, that day, technically. So, I mean, that was like, that was just like, I, I wasn't, at that point, that did that type of thing from him didn't really surprise me. You know, it was, it was uh, he's sitting there figuring out why we lost by that much against Memphis, what he could have done different. He's saying, I got to get a lift in. Number one, I got to keep my body ready. Last thing I need to be doing is sitting here wallowing and sleeping. I need to, I need to get some action. So, you know, that, that, was, that, was a, that was a classic Kobe story right there. That's unbelievable. So let me ask you this then, following up on that. Yeah. When you have these young kids come in, because now this generation is a little different. I mean, like when yep. we were coming up, you know, I was going to play in the NHL. Right, you know? right. I wasn't the next Ray Bork. Right. You know, like, I was smart enough to know, like, that dude's the goat. Like, yeah. what do you do when these young kids come in and they, like, they think they're Kobe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's really two scenarios that play out there. And, and one of them is because at, at, at the root of it, when they walk in and they have that thought process is like, they have no knowledge of an awareness of the, especially when I was with Kobe in his, in his, in his last say five years, four years, they, nobody saw the stuff that he did to get to that. And so that was the tricky part. You had a lot of young guys coming in being like, all right, he's, he's definitely the goat. And like, he lives a pretty sweet life. Like 
he just comes in, shoots all the time, shoots every ball he touches when he gets on the court and, and then takes a helicopter home. Like that's kind of cool. So they don't see the 15 years prior to the last five. They don't see what happened, what he did at, at either before school, after school, at, at midnight at Lower Marion. They don't see that stuff. And they, and they, so the two scenarios that roll out are, well, I'm super skilled and, and so was he. And, and why couldn't I kind of just fall into that career? And then the other, and that a lot of times doesn't end well because they don't, they don't link any of the work that went into that career. And then the other thing is, wow, this guy's a lot better than I even thought he was. I've got a lot of work to do, so I better get at it. And, and, and so the guys that looked at it that way and, and said, why couldn't I be Kobe someday? Like, holy, like, wow, he's ridiculous. Like, he's all that and then some when I see him up in person. But so what? Why couldn't I be that guy? They, they're sort of looking at it as like, I've got to, I, I, I could always get better. I could always, I still, I have a chance at, at being that if I, if I play my cards right, if I work my ass off, if I put these reps in. And that's, that's all Kobe did. I mean, he just, he just outrepped people, whether it was in the weight room or on the basketball court uh, after hours. He, he just outrepped people. And he, he was crazy. I didn't see really at, at the level of his that was this ability to be ridiculously focused on just the one basic thing in front of him. I mean, he would shut his eyes sometimes in the weight room. He would shut his eyes during exercises, lifts that, that would just allow him to just be so zeroed in on the exercise. Um, and that's how, that's how serious he took being focused on just the one thing he was doing. Picture that guy's day. I mean, the number of texts coming in, the number of stuff on, media opportunities and all this other stuff that are being pulling him in 20 different directions every hour. And it'd be real easy to be like, yeah, I'm in my 15th year, 16th year, 17th year. I'm going to just kind of breeze through. I'm going to go on uh, cruise control through this workout right now. I've done it a million times, whatever. But he was locked in like it was the first time he stepped into a weight room before. It's freaking amazing. I mean, and I, yeah. And I think that that's the, that's the piece that from him, that young guys needed to take most was that he's not doing anything earth shattering. He's just doing more of it with more focus than everybody else. That. Thank you. <laughs> and that's, that's what I saw. That's, that's amazing. Cause it's, you know, to hear a guy like, let's be completely honest here. Yeah. There have been a lot of people that were really good at basketball before guys with shaved heads and beards yelled at them to pick things up and put them back down. <laughs> right. And when you're as good as as that man is, yep. for you to be focused on things that are tertiary, right. developing your craft, Right. Shows you that it actually does matter. Everything that you do, if you want to be good, matters. Yes. Yeah, no, it 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 does. The the little basic stuff, you know, most of all and and 
I think it's it's also human nature to to whether you're a basketball player trying to make a, a roster at a different level or whether you're uh, starting a new business to say, well, let's let's try to let, let me let me try to multitask here and let's try to do a little bit of everything as we you know if you use the basketball player analogy, like coach said, I got to get a better handle, I got to get a better um, jump shot outside of 12 feet, I got to get you know better at rebounding, so. Every day I'm going to like equally spend the same amount of time at all those things. And then you end up being a, C, uh, a, a B plus at, at all of those. And there's only so many levels you're going to get to if you're a B plus. And, 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 and so instead, if you say, well, what's the one thing I, I need to be better at right now, right this second, if I could be better at this one thing, it would make my game easier and better what is it? And, and then just pour yourself into it. And, and we're not as humans designed to be multitaskers and, and, you know, we're, we are designed to be capable of, but have better results from staying focused on the one big, huge, giant, important thing that, that, you know, and, and there's a book that I love that I tell people to read all the time called the one big thing. And, and, um, it's, it's just, it's just basically talking about that idea you know, it's, it's, because it, it, we all, we all, we, it's like this, uh, romantic idea that we're all gonna, it's so, um, it, it's like a uh, badge of honor. If you say, well, I did, uh, 800 things today and, and I, I got through them all. I checked all the boxes. Well, yeah, but did you do an A plus job in any of them? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, dude, hundred percent because you could always do more, but if it's more shit, who cares? Who cares? Absolutely. Other than the guy that's got to clean up the shit, nobody right. cares. <laughs> right. You know? It's so true. Oh. Yeah. Tim, this is awesome. I can't oh, thank you enough, bro. Oh, this it's been is great. This is so cool. And uh, this was a long time coming, brother. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. And it's, uh, this is great. People are going to love it. I can't thank you enough for being so open and candid. And this is, this is great, buddy. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. No, my pleasure. I'm going to just, uh, just kind of let people know where they can get at me and, and follow along what we're doing. So um, just uh, in terms of cross social media, at TD Athletes Edge is, is Instagram, super active there. Twitter, very active there. And, and um, we're, our YouTube channel, we, we're, we're getting lots of good instructional and demonstration-based video up there as well. Facebook. Our website, www.tdathletesedge.com. In any of those locations, though, the big thing is we, we just love to interact, and, and that's what we're there for. We're not there. We're there to share our, our thoughts and engage in thoughts and engage in discussions with people. So that's, that's how we learn, and, and we're trying to promote that in, in the field and in, into bigger audiences. So, um, you know, scope us out on any of those spots, and we, we also have a podcast of of our own which jay we're gonna have to get you on there on edge factor radio awesome. uh, so so that's on itunes and and um check us out on edge factor radio as well and the other thing that i i throw out there is um i i run this insider mentorship program so for any coaches uh that are sort of entry level or or student entry level first couple of years in the field trying to trying to put it together trying to figure out how do they navigate towards what whatever their career Super Bowl is. I have a lot of people that I look back and say I, I, I'm very thankful and, and wouldn't be here if I didn't have people that acted as mentors to me. And so 
the insider mentorship program that that I run um, on our platform is is uh, my way of kind of getting to as many people as I can to kind of pay it back. And so um, if, if that's at all info at tdathletesedge.com is the email, but a direct message on Instagram will, will get directly to me as well. And, um, just, uh, we, we love to hear from people. We'd love to, to interact and, and help. So, uh, we'd love to, to hear from anybody. He's not lying. That's how we got in touch. Yep. The DMs on Instagram, man. That's, like, that's where it is. Dude, people sleep on that. Like, they joke. They, they, I get that question all the time, bro. They're like, yeah, but how did you get to talk to that guy? I'm like, uh, I messaged him on Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> right. They're like, they responded? I'm like, yeah, right. I don't know if you know this or not, but most people aren't assholes. Right. Like, right. <laughs> we want to help. And it's like, exactly. they're cool people. But yeah, there's going to be a link to all that below. Tim, you guys are killing it up there, man. And this episode is fire. I can't thank you enough, bro. This is great. Thank you so much for the time. Love and the, it. And the candidness, man. I, I really appreciate it. Jay, thank you. This is uh, It's an honor to be on here. I love what you're doing. And, and just kind of having a platform to get these types of discussions out there is, is uh, uh, it's above and beyond. It's what our field needs. So it's, uh, we, hopefully we'll do many more of these. Appreciate it, man. I can't wait for the next one. Thanks, brother. Yeah, man. And a huge thanks to TD Athletes Edge's Tim DeFrancesco for helping us out and sitting down and being so open, honest, and candid with us today. Guys, just killer stuff. A guy who's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and now is starting another adventure, sharing everything with us. I, I can't thank Timmy enough for being so open, honest, and candid with us today. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. If you know someone who could take something and it could help them be a better coach from this talk, email it to them, DM it, tag them on the link, guys. We're just trying to get the best information out there possible to all the great coaches out there. And make sure you tap each one of those links and each one of those uh, URLs below when you're, so you can follow everything that Timmy's doing. They're, they're putting out great stuff, guys. Timmy, can't thank you enough. Absolutely fantastic. And as always, guys, thank you for everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.